everyone. Today we're reading from Matthew chapter 6, verses 5 to 13. And whenever you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners, so that they may be seen by others. Truly I tell you, they have received their reward. But whenever you pray, go into your room and shut the door, and pray to your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. And when you are praying, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for our Father knows what you need before you even ask Him. Pray then in this way, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And do not bring us into a time of trial, but rescue us from the evil. Peace, everyone. God bless you all. Welcome once again to our uh, virtual services here at Weston Park, uh, the last uh, Sunday of the month of July. So we're getting through the summer. Hope that uh, you're getting a chance to get out a little bit and uh, enjoy what we've had, lots of hot weather. One of the opportunities we've been able to have, I think, during the pandemic is we've had a chance, perhaps, to go and spend a bit more time going into our interior world. Um, we aren't quite as busy, and if we take advantage of that, then um, some good things can come out of that. So I'm impressed by a statement by Abraham Heschel, who writes that living is not a private affair of the individual. Living is what a person does with God's time, what a person does with God's world. So from his perspective, that's what it's about. We have God's time, we have God's world, and we have our part to play within it. So to help us reflect on that idea, we're going to go to uh, the middle of the Sermon on the Mount in chapter six, Matthew chapter six, where Jesus here is speaking about three um, virtues within the Jewish tradition that he assumes uh, his audience will continue to pursue and to go deeper in. And I would suggest that these three uh, virtues are uh, there for us today and uh, we need to be considering them as uh, we journey in our faith. So uh, we'll begin with the text. Uh, so whenever you give alms, do not sound a trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets so that they may be praised by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward. But when you give alms, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing so that your alms may be done in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. So the first virtue that Jesus is talking about is the virtue of generosity, the virtue of being able to share from your resources and not to be hoarding them all for yourselves, the ability to give away. So Jesus just assumes that his audience will do that. He says, whenever you give alms, so it's interesting, within the Jewish tradition, it was understood that everybody had a responsibility to help those who are around who have less. That is different from the Greco-Roman world. That was not an understanding. So Jesus is saying, okay, here we are. We're living together. 
this nation of Israel, then how do we take care of each other? So let's be able to share. So when he says, whenever you give alms, we are not to do it uh, in a way that garners a lot of attention to ourselves. We are to do it in secret so that others aren't praising you for it. You just do it because you're doing it before the Father. When we do it for ourselves, Matthew introduces the word hypocrite. He says not to be a hypocrite. And the Greek word is hypocrites. It's the same word, essentially. Interesting that it's used 17 times in the entire New Testament. 13 of those times are in Matthew. So it's a particular word that Matthew likes and he's concerned about. And he's saying, when it comes to your faith, <clears throat> do not be play acting. Be real about your faith. So it's a word from the theater. Don't be like an actor. Here you are called to engage your faith and do things before God because you really mean it and you are honest about it. Be authentic. Be real is his motto. So a first responsibility, Jesus says, is, hey, share your resources. So in this pandemic, lots of us are, lots of people are struggling and the finances are not there as they, as they were. But we still live in the reality that we live with other people. Other people exist. Can we help and share at whatever level? So in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, we're told that God loves a cheerful giver. He also says, Paul says, that we are to be reflectful and thoughtful as you have made up your mind, 2 Corinthians 9, 7. So think about it. Be generous. So that's one virtue that Jesus is saying, I expect you as followers in the kingdom of God, my followers, that you will be generous with one another. That's number one. The second piece is in terms of our conversation with God and about prayer. And so here we go, and this is really the central piece. And whenever you pray, again, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners so that they may be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward. Other people have seen them. They're impressed. Jesus says they've seen, they received their reward. However, when you pray, Go into your room and shut the door and pray to your father who is in secret and your father who sees in secret will reward you. So again, Jesus assumes, hey, you will be praying whenever you pray. That's just assumed. We are praying. We have to ask ourselves, isn't that indeed the case? Jesus assumes you will be praying. But again, we are not praying to impress others. Rather, we are doing it in a way to have a conversation with God. Interesting, in the Jewish tradition, at that time, the populace prayed, or they were called to pray, three times a day, at 9 o'clock in the morning, at noon, and 3 in the afternoon. You were to take time and have a conversation with God and to pray, uh, you know, the 18 benedictions, that's what they were invited to be praying. And Jesus assumes you'll be doing that. But of course, if you're out and about at nine and at noon at three, you're going to be in different places and you will have to, at times, pray within the public sphere. But Jesus says we are not to do it in such a way, you are not to do it in such a way that it garners attention to yourself, not to do so in an ostentatious manner. But do it in terms of your relationship with God. Go into your secret room. So in Matthew 6, 
Let me just go back to that and read that verse again. It's uh, an interesting text. Jesus says, sorry, I should have this right here, Matthew 6, 6. But whenever you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. Go into your secret room. Well, interesting, in the day, first century homes for the average person did not have extra rooms. There was no place to go and shut the door, maybe a storage room of some sort. Nothing beyond that. So Jesus is speaking metaphorically, go into the room, go into the room of your heart and spend time with God and speak with him, converse with him, that's his introduction. And do so in a way that isn't flowery, not lots of words, that's not the point. It goes on in, this, in our text to not babble like, quote, the Greco-Roman folk are doing. That's what we're not about. But to speak honestly, authentically, in our relationship with God. And of course that goes on to his introduction in Matthew of the Lord's Prayer. In the first half of that is to pray to God, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. It's all about praise. It's all about adoration, giving glory to God. And then the second half switches and it talks about, Lord, give us our bread this day. And it goes to second, I mean, first person plural, our, our. It means that we are living with one another and we are concerned about others. That's the Lord's prayer. But it is about conversation. It's about our relationship with God. And so Heschel again says, the issue of prayer is not prayer. The issue of prayer is God. So it's not about simply how we pray, but it is about our relationship with God. It always comes back to that. And in this time of pandemic, we have a chance to go deeper and develop and spend time with God so that relationship is stronger. That's the invitation. And so you and I know if that's the case. Are we praying? Are we spending time with God in prayer? That's the invitation. The issue of prayer is not prayer. The issue of prayer is God. We go on to the third piece, and we have the statement, and whenever you fast, do not look dismal, not like the hypocrites, for they disfigure their faces so as to show others that they are fasting. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward. But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face so that your fasting may be seen not by others, but by your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. So there's a third statement, a third virtue, and that's the virtue of fasting. Again, do not fast as a hypocrite. Do not fast as a way of showing off. But fast before the Father. Be in relationship with the Father. That is the statement. That's the encouragement. And indeed, fasting becomes a form of worship. Fasting becomes a prayer in action. Fasting becomes a way of expressing our solidarity with those who are around us who have less. Will I be concerned about them? Will I spend time doing without less so that others might have more. It's a form of solidarity. And Jesus, again, just assumes that we will be doing that. I know folk within our congregation, a number of you, are committed to fasting and fasting every week. And that's a, it's a beautiful spiritual discipline. It's one that I think we all should consider a little bit more because it can help us if we do it thinking about God and as a way to 
support our prayer life, it's a very strong discipline. So Jesus then talks about these three. To give alms, that is to give away our resources, to share, to pray, and to fast, to spend time in our interior development, that is what Jesus is saying. It's important, it's essential, he invites us to consider that in this middle chapter of the Sermon on the Mount, five, six, seven, here we are in chapter six. But as we do all of that, as we close, two disciplines or attitudes to keep in mind. And number one is that we are to be dependent on God. We don't do this simply in ourselves, but we look to God, trust in him, depend on him, lean on him. That's what we're called to do, to engage our relationship with God and not to try to do it in ourselves, in our own way, in our own effort. So am I looking to God? Am I trusting in him? Am I depending on him? Jesus assumes that that's the case. Of course, Jesus referred to God as Abba, and he invites us to do the same. God is our Abba. He is our dear, intimate father, parent, who we are invited to be in relationship with one, live in dependence on him. So in the midst of the pandemic, in the midst of much suffering, we're reminded from John 15 verses one and two that God is the vine dresser, he prunes the branches. And some measure of suffering perhaps is that form of pruning. And so some of the challenges that are going on in your life right now, they can have a spiritual vitality and strength because God perhaps is pruning in the midst of our lives, even during this time, will we look to him? And then secondly, and lastly, there's this attitude of being grateful. Will we be grateful in how we live our lives, even in the midst of this? I heard someone talking recently, and they were saying that, hey, you know, in any given week, there are maybe 10 things that go wrong. And I'm cognizant of those 10 things. But when I actually think about them, or sorry, 10 things that happen, when I think about them, of the 10, seven are good, and three are bad. That's what I meant to say. Ten things happen, but more good's happening than bad. So the point is, is don't over-focus on the three that are going bad because there's lots of good things that are happening in your life at the same time. Be aware of it all so that you don't hyper-focus on something that's an issue. Meanwhile, there are many blessings. God is our good God. He is with us in the storm, in it all. And so we are invited to depend on him and we are invited to trust in him and indeed be grateful amidst it all. So that's our invitation. In the midst of it, will we share? In the midst of it, will we focus on God and be in conversation with him? And in the midst of it, indeed, will we even uh, carry on and even develop our relationship through fasting. Ah, that's a challenge. So I pray, here we are, this last Sunday. Consider these words. Consider your relationship with God. Give praise to him as you see it. Don't overlook it. Do it in Christ's name. And I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.